This is Devin Peacock in for Mike Stubbs. Mike will be back with you tomorrow. I want to talk about cybersecurity for the next little bit. Canada's chief electoral officer is pretty confident that Elections Canada has good safeguards to prevent cyber attacks from robbing Canadians of their right to vote in this year's federal election. However, Stefan Perot is also worried that political parties are not as well equipped. Moreover, with thousands of volunteers involved in campaigns, he said it's difficult to ensure no one falls prey to fairly basic cyber tricks like phishing. That could inadvertently give hackers access to party databases. Elections Canada has been training its own staff to resist such dirty tricks. And along with Canada's cyber spying agency, the Communications Security Establishment, they will be meeting with party officials again next week to reinforce the need to train their volunteers. David Shipley is a cybersecurity expert and the Director of Strategic Initiatives and Information Technology Services at the University of New Brunswick. Thanks for your time today. It's a pleasure to be here. Were you surprised to see the warning uh, from uh, the chief electoral officer for this country that uh, political parties could be vulnerable to some sort of a cyber attack? Absolutely, 100% not surprised, and the advice is 100% spot on, and it's not could be vulnerable. They are absolutely guaranteed are vulnerable, and they are not investing enough in this area, and they need to get taking, get take it seriously uh, yesterday. When we talk about cyber attacks, I think maybe we need to maybe just define that a little bit because it doesn't mean, you know, some, you know, big master hack. It could be something relatively small like phishing, which could turn into a big amount of information, but it's not some sort of debilitating attack when we think of maybe a cyber attack. Exactly. And in social engineering, which is using um, fraud and, and sort of the things we normally would call con artist tactics using email, is the number one way to break in any, any organization, let alone a political party. Um, the number two way, of course, is hacking their websites and inserting uh, vulnerabilities or gathering information from there. And, you know, when it comes to hacking politicians, we've just seen a textbook case in Germany where a 20-year-old hacked hundreds of politicians using email scams and then slowly leaked into details of their lives throughout December is kind of a, a twisted advent calendar um, and, and sort of upending German politics. And our politicians are absolutely vulnerable to the same thing. The most famous case of this, uh, in recent memory anyway, was is John Podesta in the United, United States in 2016 working on Hillary Clinton's campaign. Just based on that, you mentioned Germany, there's lots of cases out there. I'm a bit surprised parties in this country would be so cavalier with this? Well, it just simply is partly, I think, a bit of an age breakdown that some of the most senior members of these parties are are part of a political system that has not evolved to adjust to the the threats and realities of the the new era we live with. They just haven't been able to keep pace with it. And certainly when they look at IT costs in terms of running a modern political party, it's just another cost center. It's not seen as a risk per se, but they have to adjust their reality to that because the Podesta hack was uh, a game-changing moment in the U.S. presidential election. Thankfully, the Democratic Party in the United States has learned they've appointed a chief information security officer, or what we call a CISO, and they've actually just prevented another attack. And so every major political party at the federal level in Canada needs to have a dedicated chief information security officer in place, I'd say ASAP. 
It's interesting that I saw the story yesterday because it happened right after I did a little test within our company where they're trying to make sure that our IQ on these matters is up to snuff and there's some different courses they want us all to take so that we know uh, what we need to know in terms of cybersecurity and what's safe, what's not for emails, websites, and and the other. Um, I, I just wonder what the uh, IQ of Canadians in general, just removing the political parties away from this, is because it's it's been front of mind for a while, but I wonder if what Canadians know or what they think is right is actually right when it comes to these matters. Actually, it's really interesting. The Royal Bank of Canada did a survey and they released the results um, late last year. It showed Canadians are a little too overconfident in what they think they know about cybersecurity versus when pressed to actually demonstrate knowledge and those things, gaps in understanding, even common terms like the one you use, phishing, um, a lot of people struggle to, to describe it or understand it. So there's a lot of work to be done in cybersecurity, awareness and education. In fact, that's what our company specializes in. And believe it or not, 75% of Canadian organizations a private and public sector still don't even train their employees and team members about this very important issue. Should we be concerned at all? I mean, we just had uh, the federal government recently pass some new legislation on election laws uh, that had a lot of different aspects to it. One of the aspects not included is privacy protections for political parties. Uh, when you consider all the information parties have on Canadians, uh, maybe it's a bit concerning that that was left out of this reform. Oh, I, I think it's incredibly concerning. It is, I think the chief electoral officer was spot on in the comments that it, it is disappointing that this was left out. The, the political parties have engineered themselves highway size exemptions to privacy laws, and this actually hurts them. Because without being subject to those privacy laws, the political parties themselves don't see the importance of protecting this information, aren't subject to sanctions for not protecting it, and thus don't invest in it. And so, you know, this is a, a vicious circle. They absolutely should be accountable to the same standards as private sector companies for that very reason, but also because they're hypocrites. You can't hold private sector companies accountable for the protection of Canadians when you're not even willing to do it as political parties or elected officials. Should we be concerned about election interference? We are in an election year. doesn't necessarily mean the election is going to turn one away, but for a lot of, uh, you know, the foreign actors for this, it's not necessarily uh, a game where they're, they're looking for 2019. It could be, uh, you know, 2023 and, and beyond. Well, see, we, what will happen with election interference, thankfully, in Canada, you know, at least we know the sanctity of the voting system is, is stable and safe. Uh, we don't use electronic voting. We still use paper ballots. We're safe there. The second level risk is attacks against Elections Canada for voters' roles to try and send disinformation about actual voting times. Elections Canada is investing in security, and I feel really good about that. The third way you attack a democratic system is you attack with fake news, and that is very much a huge weakness in the Canadian system right now, and I don't think we've got the right um, structures in place to hold Facebook, Twitter, and others accountable the way that we hold other media outlets accountable for inaccurate information. Government is always slow to respond to technology, but I'm, I'm still a little concerned based on just how prevalent a lot of this has been. There's really no reason for us to be slow on some of this stuff. 
No, I mean, I think this is a human pattern when it comes to technology. It took us decades for the common sense laws to actually have seatbelts in cars to be implemented and, and tireless campaigning by folks like Ralph Nader. So it doesn't surprise me it took the Titanic to have uh, regulations for ocean liners to have enough lifeboats. So things that we think should be obvious and we should move on quickly, we don't. Unfortunately, the consequence for this is at a macro level, it's societal. And, you know, having an election where the government that's voted in is at best seen as um, illegitimate or worse, actually is illegitimate, um, that really strikes to the core of, of Canadians' uh, lives and our, and our future as a society. And we've got to wake up to this. David, I certainly appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. You're always welcome. That's David Shipley, a cybersecurity expert. We need to pause. When we return, we'll have more of London Live. This is Devin Peacock in for Mike Stubbs on Global News Radio 980 CFPL.